1: This
2: is it. The time has come.
3: Saturday night's all right for
4: fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A Davies. you better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Cattrall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. Every single Saturday night, me and Gareth A. Davis sit in the studio and we are joined by a plethora of top quality fight sports guests. If you can't come and join us live, that's okay. You can always come and join us here on the Fight Night Podcast, which is available in all good places. So make sure you subscribe. If you're on Apple, if you're on Google Play, if you're on Spotify, get yourself stuck into it. You can also get it via the TalkSport website, talksport.com. Get in there and subscribe and become a part of the TalkSport Boxing family. We've also got a YouTube channel as well. So if you want to check it, more stuff out on a week-by-week basis, you can do on there. Uh, Now then, at the weekend, action-packed. We have world champions galore coming to see us. And we also had a former world champion coming into the studio to talk about an 18-month hiatus and now him wanting to make an onslaught onto the Bantamweight division. It was the former WBC flyweight champion,
5: Charlie Edwards. He came in to see me and
4: Gareth on Saturday
5: night. Good to be back in the ring uh, last weekend, albeit it was on a small hall show. But yeah, I think I've been in the same situation kind of thing of um Michael Hunter. I've had a few promotional issues, which uh, um, I can't go too much into for legal reasons, but I'm back, I'm a free agent, I chose to um, put Ego aside, get back in the ring as soon as possible, and I fought on a smaller hall show and um, put in a good performance, knocked off some ring rust, there weren't really any, but knocked some off. I've been, um, I've been training like a madman for the last 18 months, locked away in the gym with Joe Gallagher, putting in the work week in, week out, day in, day out, it's been a very frustrating time, but i'm through that now and now it's time to look forward to the future and like i said i'm a free agent i'm looking forward to um getting on back on the big shows we've had a few talks with a few promoters and hopefully i'll have some news um as soon as to um be released um in the not not too too distant future um in the next few weeks hopefully i'll be back in the ring again
4: listen we're going to pick your brains on that man because people want to know they want to know <laughs> when you're going to be out there uh 18 months as you as you just mentioned um between fights and obviously last Friday it was it was on a Kieran Farrell show um, up in the northwest where you came back on a six rounder uh, and blew that rust off and obviously I want to talk about the mental frustrations of that 18 month period because you, you've you not been injured it's just been purely about managerial and contractual issues and all these types of things which have prevented you from obviously kicking on with your career and obviously wanting to uh, kick on in the bantamweight division now talk to me about the mental struggles because it is tough we, we know that you're a physical specimen but what goes on between the years it can be a dangerous thing at times.
5: Listen, it's been it's been very mentally tough. Um boxing and training is the only thing that's got me through this hard time. Um I've got more obsessed with the game. I've been putting more work in behind the scenes because it's the only thing that's given me the hope and the the happy feeling, endorphin feeling in my head. Getting promised things and things falling out and not happening. It's been very, very frustrating. I've been in tears, crying my eyes out to my wife behind the behind the scene. Um, very frustrating time. But it's, t- it's turned me into a different person. It's turned me into, a, I'd say, a different monster. Um, I'm bat- I've am i battled through the adversity. I'm free. Um, I'm ready to push on and kick on with my career. And these last 18 months, um, I've really put the work in. I've really developed with Joe. I've been with Joe over, just over two years mm. now. And I've only had two fights with him. So not a lot of people have seen me. Makes my- it.
4: But since becoming world champion, five fights. mm Five fights for a boy that was 25 years of age when he became world champion. That's it's, crazy it's inactivity, isn't
5: it? It's ridiculous. It's 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 been soul-destroying. Um, all the hard work I put in, I like I said, I live and breathe the sport of boxing and I haven't had the chance to showcase it. I've been sitting on the sidelines, sitting on the bench, um, love my brother to pieces and I wish him all the best and everything like that. But it's been hard to sit back and watch him blossom and, f- and flourish but I'm proud of him and I'm happy for him. But it's 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 made my head and made myself feel worthless. Like no one wanted me. Like, no you're one's missing, out. like, like you're missing out. Like I'm missing out. No, no, that really hasn't. It's like I wouldn't say it's like because a lot of people could turn around and say, "Are oh, you jealous?" I'm not because I'm so proud of him, so happy for it's him. It's more and of a frustration. And he deserves everything, but it it makes me look in the mirror and look at myself. Like like you said. Like, you i missing out. I want the opportunity. Is it like,
2: um, I'd, I'd really like to go into this mentally, how you, um, sorted yourself out through it. You know, like I said, you said, you've, you've been emotional with your wife in your private times. You've felt like you wanted to break down and cry, which no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You've got to let those things out. How have you... What have you done? Like you say, obviously you've worked hard in the gym and that's some kind of solace. You know you can give yourself targets. But what did you, what, how did you emotionally overcome it eventually?
5: Um, it's a constant battle, you know. Um, emotionally overcome it. I wouldn't say emotionally overcome it. Emotionally hardened. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Cynical? Yeah. I want to punish people now. I've mm-hmm. got that bite in between my teeth, hungrier than ever, hungry than I've ever been. Mm. I want to go out there and prove all these doubters, all these haters, everything, all these nos that I've been given, all this—I won't swear—all the all the rubbish that has come my way.
2: There has been a lot of, you know, what's happened to him? Has he broken down?
5: There's people, been a lot of
2: speculation, hasn't there? People and you think I'm retired. To it. Exactly. So many people have retired. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah,
5: how yeah. Do you know how heartbreaking it is? You go into a boxing show and people are going, "Are you still doing it?
2: Yeah. What and happened like, to you? Yeah. Yeah."
5: Did oh, you, you not handle
2: it anymore? And yeah. oh,
5: oh, what happened to Martinez what, yeah, yeah, against yeah. you? That's why you don't want to do it. Yeah, you you yeah. don't want to box anymore. Yeah. You're just a influencer Instagram because I always train in, and that's the only thing I post because I'm a, a professional athlete. So it's been hard, but I've learned how to 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 not allow the outer circle and like the social media realm and world to affect me anymore. The echo chamber
2: that it is because yeah,
5: I. Yeah. I, I I'll be real. My last fight was on a small hall show. I was supposed to be on a bigger show. The bigger show didn't happen. It was either sit back and wait, and wait, and wait, and wait, which I, I don't want to do because I've waited long enough, or take a fight on a smaller hall show. My ego didn't want to allow me to. And I had to have a sort fear of talk to myself in the mirror. I was like, I can't do that. Everyone's going to laugh at me. Everyone's going to think, what the hell's he doing? Like, what, what's he playing at? Like, he, he used to be in 20,000 people in the O2 and now look at him laughing at me and I decided to take my ego away from it because at the end of the day, what I I realised is this fight doesn't mean anything. When I'm world champion again and when I'm back on them stages, this will be a thing of the past. I've got to put that ego aside and just make them steps, Mm. get the activity Mm. again, push forward again. And do you know what? Prove to people, because people on the outside, maybe even promoters, might look at me as... I've had a lot of people always asking me in interviews and that and always mentioning mental health, mental health, mental health. I battled through the mental health episode when I when I was world champion. While I was world champion and what happened to me on the back of Martinez. That was a long, long time ago. Mm. But people is that keep three and a half years. Yeah, but ago people keep yeah. on asking well, about that, it because it? it's a talking point. Mm. I've not got no mental health issues. I'm through that. I'm in the best mental state, emotional state I've ever been. I'm a free agent. I'm looking forward and I'm looking forward to getting in there and doing the business all over again. But I think maybe other promoters might be looking at me and thinking, oh, do you know what? He's a liability because I've been through that and and I always get asked about it. And I'm done with that chapter, completely through it. And I'm looking forward to get back into the world rankings. I'm I'm already was world ranked before the inactivity messed me up and they took me out of the world rankings. Like I said, it was not my fault. I wanted to fight. I wanted to do everything, but it just didn't happen for me. Um... But now I've got that first fight, now we'll get another fight, and I'll be back in, back into the into the world rankings, and then we'll look to push for, for world title honours. It's, it's been a very frustrating time, but sometimes I'm a big believer that things are supposed to happen to you. You've got to battle for adversity. Um, it's, it's God's test, you know. It's, it's his challenge. Do you really want it? Prove it to me. Mm. I'm proving it to him.
2: So is this like stage two of your... We were joking before we came on air about you know I said you 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 are physically bigger obviously but and you said no I've, I've grown into a man maybe <laughs> maybe and and we grow in lots of stages during life yeah um you know parenthood uh, grandparenthood um you know buying a house going through rhythms moving and, and then maybe moving country <laughs> maybe maybe this is a change of yeah of 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 rhythm a change of life cycle for you coming back now
5: one million percent I look at myself. Five years ago when I was world champion, I don't even recognise the same person. Mm. I was an insecure little boy who became a world champion and was a la- and got probably too ahead of himself. Probably ego went too high. Probably thought I was the top dog, do you know what I mean? And allowed myself to get distracted. And I couldn't make the weight anymore, so I kind of like, well, I'm champion, I'll enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? It's a matter of time till it's over. Um, so I've been through the hardship. I've, uh, I've conquered it, I've mastered myself, I've levelled up as a man and I'm really looking forward to this next stage and do you know what, it'll be bittersweet when I'm back on the top. Sometimes
4: a humbling is a positive isn't it, Yeah, you know what I mean, so to, to be checked sometimes when you are getting a little bit carried away with yourself is, a, is a, a good time for you just to take stock, ask questions of yourself, look deep into your own heart and soul in order for you to be able to push on. You're obviously now in a far better place. I can feel the spite when you're speaking that you're ready to go, man. So who are you talking to? What promoters are you speaking to? Because I, like last weekend, obviously your brother's on Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. Headlining the show, doing his thing as world champion. You're on the night before, former world champion on that small hole. And I understand what you were saying two minutes ago about that frustration with it within that process. Mm-hmm. Someone surely is going to take a chance on the former WBC Flyweight Champion. So who are you talking to?
5: Um, we're in talks with Sky. Yeah. We're in talks with... Makes Sa- a lot of sense, because that's where Sourlands. you built your career. With Sourlands, um I haven't had any conversations, or we haven't had any conversations with Matchroom. Mm-hmm. Any reason?
4: For um, I, th- I don't think Joe and Eddie get on.
5: Yeah. Maybe, I- that, maybe that's <laughs>
4: that. Maybe that's
5: that. I don't know. I don't want he- to speak
4: out of turn there.
5: Listen, I had a great, I had a great stint of my career at Matchroom, and I've got to be grateful for everything um, that Eddie and Barry Hearn, especially, had done for me. I think you um, had a good
2: relationship with them, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah,
5: very good relationship. Yeah. Towards the back end of it, I felt that things weren't right in it regarding getting pushed towards Martinez um, rather than a unification fight, which was aimed for when I only had a one fight left in me to make the flyweight limit anyway, mm-hmm. and then after it didn't sit right with me as soon as what happened to me that then martinez was signed before the fight and after he failed a clem minor traces drug test and he was still signed and it was all hush hush and it really didn't sit right with me um just felt like a piece of meat on a treadmill but i am still grateful for them and everything and at that time where I was at the stage of my thing I might have thrown the toys out the pram a little bit mm. and I, I instead of having my last fight on the contract I waited it out and then l- end up leaving and going with Frank looking back in hindsight then Covid hit and it all messed everything mm. up mm. Um, looking back maybe I did throw out my toys out the pram a little bit too soon um, not understanding full well of the whole boxing world having everything my way mm. up to becoming world champion and being looked after by um, Eddie and Um but it just You know, this this game is a learning process. Like, I was younger back then and um, it didn't sit right with me. And would I change it? No, I probably wouldn't because it still doesn't sit right with me, what happened, but it's business. You can't take things personal, you know, it's a treadmill. (laughs)
4: This is fight night on Talksport. I'm Adam Carroll, Gareth A. Davies, alongside me, Charlie Edwards is in the studio. A lot of people do actually want to see you out and about boxing um, sometime soon. You just had your six rounder last weekend, mm-hmm. all right? When are we out next?
5: There, there's talks that I could be out in the next few weeks. Okay, cool. on the show, but I can't say anything because it's not 100, percent and I so, wouldn't talk it. So what about it is ideally
2: 100%. then? You know, we're in June. You've made your comeback in early June. Um, I, you know you're a you're a seasoned pro you're a Mm. former world champion so what do you do do you fight every two months this year and then go for bigger stuff and get world ranked early into next year how do you how do you play it um i'm ready
5: to go as soon as possible like i said i took a a small hall show just to get me back in there to get me activated get Mm -hmm. me be able to to get back into the world rankings the next fight as soon as possible i come through the the other fight no injuries no nothing can um like I said, in the next few weeks, ideally, I would like to be back into the second fight. Keep me active. I
4: don't know if you can see on our screens. The Ashes is currently going on, right? Little bit of England Australia yeah. rivalry. Yeah. We like a little bit of that, Charlie. The we smashes. Like that. That's right. That's, that's right. And last night, if you remember, we were in the company of Richard Riakpor. Yeah, he's been uh, just been called for the IBF uh, cruiserweight against Jai Patel. Where's Jai from? He's from Down Under, isn't he? He is. From he da- is. Well, that region. He's, he's yeah. Australasia, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Right, okay. Now, you'd think that they're going to put that together. Jason Maloney, obviously being from Australasia, WBR champion. Doesn't have any mandatories coming up. If you can get your number three back. Chief yeah. support. In yeah. the next yeah. two, three, four months. Yeah. Game on. 100%.
5: Makes, and I think they're looking make make at that sense. late sense. September, aren't they? There you go. There's the Ashes. There we go. The Smashes. The, the, and the, the, smashes. Smashes. the smashes. There you go. We'll market it like that. And me and uh, Richard Rietpour both from South London. Yeah. So. Hey, yeah, get exactly. it, and sell her exactly. Go on, go
2: on, start, start the crimbo <laughs> stuff. Come on, you Aussies, start the. We sent you there all those years ago. Um, have you learned? On that very note, your brother Sonny is is, is very. Um, he's very prevalent on social media. He doesn't hold back on his opinions. He's got opinions about everything. I think I've talked to him about the world order a couple of interviews ago, and like I couldn't stop him. He was off. He
5: loved it. He was
2: off. <laughs> he was off about COVID, <laughs> yeah. conspiracy theories, and it's like, I thought, you know, 20 minutes later, I was thinking, oh, I he, don't know. He's
4: due on the show later on, all right? Yeah, so well, that's fine. What we, so what's so what you, what are you that, about to say? <laughs> Listen,
2: I, I, he's, he's, to he's absolutely brilliant, as far as I'm concerned. Have you learnt while you've been away about because social media's changed a little bit as well, massively. It, 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 it's actually accelerated, mm. and 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 fighters are really, really using it now as a prism for for publicity, good and bad. I hasten to say.
5: Listen, that's exactly exactly what it's about. You know, like everyone, someone said to me that the worst thing is for your name not to be mentioned. It's better if Have it's, if it's, if it's good you, or really. if it's bad. Yeah. It's great. As long as yeah. you're as long as your name's in their mouth, that's all that matters. And that's yeah. the kind of like front I took with um the call out on my brother. <laughs> also and it, it was a media also. stunt. Like and and, and it got not... everyone. Everyone. Yeah. It got over a million views. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was going on. People yeah. was calling me a beep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And um I've got thick skin now, do you know what I mean? But I'd done it for a reason. I'd done it to propel my name out there. Me and my brother were on talking terms. We we had a little bit spit back and forth. We got carried away with all the The media channel's getting on it and trying to wind each other other up. But we're on good terms. I was there supporting him the other night. He was there ringing me and messaging me before my fight. Listen, me and my brother love each other very dearly. This is the hurt business, and we would never (laughs) risk each other's health.
2: From the age of dot round the sofa glove each were you not knocking six bells out of each other? Yeah, but that was kids. I know, but they've date they, you we, have sparred with each listen, other as well. We've shared you?
5: the ring many times, yeah. but with fourteen ounce gloves on, it's very different. You yeah. know, we're both boxers. Come and, on, you school schooling, don't you? No, Come I, I'm, on, not, I'm you not, you're not. You're not going to get nothing out of me. No, well,
2: I'm going to get him on it later. Listen, listen, I'm getting him on it. You're not going to get anything and out of me. if he says me, he batters you
5: well he can he's my little brother isn't it like, um, I, I just have to say I taught him everything he knows there you go there you go we'll get him with but, that one but he's a great fighter and <laughs> I, 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 really I, I honestly believe that he is the, the best pound for pound British fighter we've got out there at the that moment. is
2: a big argument I completely agree, agree that, that, is a, that is a really germane argument right now and the more you look around in British boxing mm. it's hard to argue with what he's done with those is it four defence of the IBF yeah, four defense. Yeah. he's looked so brilliant each yeah. time I think he gave his last opponent Ramos de Chile I think he said I gave him three rounds because I thought I would need to make it interesting
5: well yeah. he has to, he has to tempt the other that. champions did not he so what yeah. better way something. to tempt him he knew what he was doing are he was in full are we going to talk about that now
4: in this
2: section
5: no we'll, 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 say, we'll, we'll okay. say
4: general boxing for a minute because okay. I just want to come back to the Bantamweight division because yeah. as you've just yeah. said it's a it's a weird landscape at the moment ways, up and he's in a wonderful yeah. fight against Fulton which we're all extremely excited yeah. about in the weight division above uh, but as you've rightfully just pointed out Jason Mourley's picked up the WBR IBF, as it stands right now, is still vacant, as is the WBC, but the WBC have already called for De Nair versus Santiago. That'll be contested on the July the 15th. And Takuma Inue has picked up the uh, WBA version uh, of that belt as well. Now, I know that you've got eyes on those big prizes because you've already been at the top level yeah. in weight divisions below. How do we get to that point? How do we get to the point where the WBO or the WBC say, right, Charlie, you're back in, there's your number five, there's your number three. You're now in the conversation of becoming a voluntary defence for one of those champions. What level of fights are we talking? Because a lot of fans are still going to be going, or, or or along those lines, aren't they? Your names, <laughs> yeah, are, always yeah, go, listen, your names are
5: always going to come together. They one, are. One million percent. Listen, I've always wanted that fight and I will always want that fight. Um... Cal, your fight. Listen, we had a bit, bit back and forward years and years and years ago. I was pushing for the fight at super flyweight when I was chasing the world title. He didn't take it. Um, can I blame him? No, because um, I didn't really offer him anything at the time. I wanted his world title shot, you know. I've got a lot of respect for Cal. We've got a big backstory and it would make a great fight. And The build-up would be great, um, being on the GB and all the story behind it. Tell us about that a little bit. <sighs> okay. So when I first got on GB, I, I remember coming on to the podium squad at 17. I was one of the youngest to get on there. I was a flyweight. And he was the um, he was the super flyweight at the time. He had been to the Beijing Olympics. And um, obviously, a new boy coming in. We got put into sparring. And, like, he bullied me. He used to bully me a little bit in the spars. Like, hit me a big half. He was a fully grown man, been in the Olympics. I was just senior, 17-year-old. And he would give it to me in sparring after a while it turned round towards the end before he went pro i was giving it to him and outboxing him um now as a fully fully grown man (laughs) gareth um at a weight where i feel very strong i'm coming into the peak years of my career I, i i would happily happily give it to him and it would be um bittersweet for me because i remember that you know it's similar to the the Khan and Brooke situation, you know. Mm. Brooke had that spite and wanted to mm. prove a point to everyone. That's well, that's where darkness. I'm at with he it. Yeah, you know? darkness for Khan. Yeah, he had and, darkness, and and yeah. that's the same as me. That that deep, that, that
2: deep. deep, that deep. Because do you feel like I'm not? I'm not trying to stir this particularly, but because to just explain to the listener, you were a very you were a boy then, child, yeah. Sh- a child. When you look back, is there? Are there rules when you're in those scenarios that people do take it too far? Or take liberties. Or or, or take liberties. (laughs) I I mean... Because that's what you're suggesting, maybe, or even uh, alluding to.
5: Yeah, yeah, I kind of get it. Um... Well, When I say I believe he took liberties um, Was he trying to be top dog Because he was dog, worried about
2: you I wouldn't say that he was worried were... about me yeah, Because I
5: was yeah. a weight below him I were not yeah, even a yeah. competition to him yeah. But I think he just wanted to At the time Wanted to stamp his mark Like You think you're coming on here I'm the man here like getting well, your place, sort of What thing. did
2: that just? Does that kind of thing? It's fascinating. This because you're all living together there in mm. up in. Um, I don't get me Sheffield. wrong. Personally,
5: we're all right. No, no. That's, this when is, we, this when I first come on, this is what's squad, fascinating. So, I can remember that. You know? Yeah. So,
2: so there was a friendliness. There was a team. I, after that. When you stepped in the ropes, through the ropes, it was game on.
5: Oh, yeah. It's competition at its finest, isn't it? Top of the top. But it
2: sparked something in you that you haven't forgotten. Definitely. A little kernel of that spike that you talk about. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And,
5: like, I realise how much I've come on, you know, and um, that little thing of getting hit with that body shot. Hurting me, do you know what I mean? Where it, to the point where I, had to, I went home to my dad and I was like, "Mate, he, he give it to me." Like I had to be real with it. And um my dad actually rang up Rob at the time and said, "Listen, Robert Kraken, like, yeah, yeah, Robert the head Kraken coach, at the yeah. time, and, and was like what, what are you putting him in the room for? Getting bullied? He's 17 years of age, and he's coming and just like weights above, like trying to trying to set about him.'" Mate, boxing—you have to harden up in it. But look so, what it did for it, you. Look
2: what it's—look what you. And you know that when you fight him, it's going to be a bloomin- blooming. if
5: war, if because I I, I I I don't know what Cal's doing. Um, I know he's had a um a newborn child, so um, which I I, I did reach out to him and wished him all the best with it because I've had a baby as well, so I understand the journey. Um, Cal's older than me. Um, the way I see it, I don't think personally that he will be back in the boxing ring again after the back mm. of his last mm. performance mm. he's made a lot of money out of the sport mm. he um he's f- he fought um chocolito yeah um is the hunger burning desire still there mm. i'm not sure but i wish him all the best in whatever he does if he does want the fight and one day it can materialize it's a big fight so for this is us. a big
2: invite on talk sport tonight you're saying to cal come on cal get back in there fight me at bantamweight let's get it done
5: I've, I've got one yeah. for you. Because, well
2: like you that. say, because I interrupted you, there's a great backstory to that. There there what a great sell that is. I've got another backstory.
5: Face to face. I've I've Gloves an- are off. I've got, I've got another story <laughs>
4: for you. I've got another one, right? Because obviously, when we're talking about WBC rankings, European titles work with WBC yeah. rankings very, very well. Yes. Your brother's coming on in a bit. He manages Thomas Asomba, mm-hmm. who is the current WBC champion at Bantamweight. Mm. Mm. We can mm. make that fight, can't we? 100%. 100%
5: mm. we can make that fight. I'm here now for the big fights. I want to be involved in proper fights big fights and um i'm I'm 30 years of age now you know i'm coming into the peak years of my career i want the big fights now i don't want to be sat around waiting and messed about i've been there too long just being caged like a caged animal i'm ready to go
4: Uh, you listen to Fight Night on Talksport. I'm Adam Cattrall, Gareth A. Davies alongside me, and Charlie Edwards uh, is still in the studio for a little bit of a general boxing chat. We kind of started this a little bit where you were making reference uh, to your brother being the best pound-for-pound British fighter. I think we all concur uh, with uh, with what you've said there. Um, and I saw somebody talking about what could come next for Sonny. He's on the show in a bit, so we'll ask, we'll ask him as well, but I'd love to get your opinion on this, what could come next. I think absolutely 100% it has to be Bam Rodriguez. I don't care what belts are on the line. I don't care whether it's an undisputed, a unification, or if there's nothing on it whatsoever. For me, my eye test tells me that those two guys are the best in that division. That is a sensational fight. And right now, Sonny's kind of in a position where he needs that monster fight now, doesn't he? He's served his apprenticeship. Yeah. He needs the big one.
5: Definitely. Um, his last fight, he, he even said to me, he was like... I ain't really been training that hard for this one," he said. I'm, "I know it's capable of doing, and I I, I I knew what I could do, and everything like that. So, he wants these big fights. He needs the big fights to get that bite in between his teeth, and he deserves them. You know, he's been on top form. He's in the ring and outside the ring <laughs> on social media. You know, like he's a real character. You know, like and he's he, he's um with Eddie. He, he these fights can be made and should be made. The other champions are saying that they want to fight him. You can only you, you can only really come to terms with that when there's a signature on a piece of paper and the great yeah. he's made. But like, he's
2: but he's also saying that he believes he's number one in the world. I think at the moment it's Bam Bam Rodriguez and it's 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 for
4: Sonny to prove that. I think Why it's did a, you say that? In this weight division. Um because Bam hasn't done anything in this weight division, has he?
2: No. But I, but what
4: I what I feel about him
2: is what I'm what I want to see. Sonny in is a fight where a lot of these guys they just have not got the hunting skills, the praying skills that this guy's got. And I just think that it could make him a superstar to beat Rodriguez. I just think it's the perfect it's the perfect style matchup Mm. for him. To, i mean i, I don't want to say he beats these guys easily but the majority the, he does bounce yeah, different yeah. because he's not just a puncher he is a boxer as exactly well. no but and what i'm cre- saying is cre- it's, cre- it's going to test but him but he and also
5: struggled in his last fight he did oh, absolutely. He, he, against the move, exactly
2: but that's but that but it's still a test because yeah, yeah, this guy carries yeah, power yeah, freakish power for for a smaller mm. weight division so and and like you just said Sonny, I think Sonny said it after the Campos fight with Eddie there as well, because he's still going at Eddie, even at the press conference. <laughs> he loves him. No, no, but kind of out. saying, give me one of these guys, or Cesar um, Martinez, <laughs> um, because, you know, there's, there's family blood mm-hmm. stuff going on yeah. there as well, as, as we won't go over it again, but um, something that really gets his fire lit, you know, and I, th- I believe him. I believe him that he wants that fire lit, that it's almost.
5: You need it as a fire. Lit. Yeah, you need you jeopardy, need, don't you? Yeah. You need
4: real jeopardy. You need to feel that the other guy could actually
2: beat yeah. you.
5: Yeah, 100%. You need to have that, like. That, that kind of bit of fear on yeah. the edge of, of your ed, On the edge of your seat, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. fear, where. Yeah everything's on point. Well, it's,
4: it's like your Rosales fight. Let's be honest. Yeah. You were yeah. going into that yeah, fight. 100%. Everybody was like, Christopher Rosales, we've seen he's what he's, he's just done to this person. Let's this person, real. he's yeah. getting nailed, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that, obviously, lights a fire underneath you. You train like an absolute madman mm-hmm. and it peaks on the night and therefore, yeah. because you're so sharp and so on edge, yeah. you get a performance. The adrenaline the is yeah. soaring.
2: Everything's in slow motion and you know you've got your perfect moment. And, yeah. and,
5: and you need that. It's the... um. It's like what Errol Errol Spence said, I don't need a tune up fight. Because he knows the tune up fights are where the banana skins happen. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. where the risks happen, you know. So um Heavyweight Division.
2: <laughs> that's that we're there with the heavyweight division yeah. right now, aren't we?
5: It's getting boring, isn't it? It's it's, it's very intr- frustrating. It's so frustrating. Like that's what I mean. Frustratingly boring, like yeah. You put up on social media every day, and it's just like one. You, you see this media channel putting this out. That oh, we're nearly there. We're we're gonna have the fight, and then it's like every time you read it now, you, I don't even believe it.
2: Well, I was very disappointed this week to, or a couple of days ago, to that Alexander Usyk needs to apologise to Tyson Fury for him to take the fight. Do you uh, know that's coming from Tyson Fury's dad, John? Fury, I know, but isn't it's, it? it's 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 that's it, it, not how this works. Why does someone need an apology to make a fight happen? It's a, it's a fight up, game.
5: Isn't it? It's a fight game. It's a soap opera. It's guarantee. getting worse. <laughs> yeah, but it's getting worse. Yeah. You know? Do um, you know what? I think, you know, like, Jake Paul and the YouTubers coming into the game, yeah. It has changed the game, and a lot of people have adapted their mentality. Even even the promoters are doing it now. Mm-hmm. Like, they're clones of Jake Paul to try and sell the fights, but really, I think it's damaging the sport because it's not actually coming through with it. So it's all this, like, WWE wrestling It's There's palaver. a lot of
2: misinformation, yeah. and, and we're deciphering that all the time anyway because of the layers of promotional conflicts, rival- uh, uh, promotional rivalries, broadcast rivalries, and if you, you add into the mix deliberate misinformation... Mm-hmm and those games being played and it's a huge time of videos now where everyone wants to watch a video yeah. of this that and the other it does it has created a lot of confusion a complete stalemate on the chessboard no, really no, in the heavyweights no, in the heavyweights yeah, but, yeah, but
5: nobody speaks to each other anymore it's all done through social media and the internet yeah do you know what I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day you know like all these negotiations that are happening and this and that they all fall out because they're not actually in the same room together. Yeah. Why don't everyone get in, a room? get in a room? Why don't the media channels yeah. record it? Yeah. Charge everyone a yeah. <laughs> pay-per-view yeah. fee. How yeah. much money would that earn? And raise yeah. all the money yeah. for the yeah. big yeah. heavyweight fight. Mm. The you funny know, thing is, wants to Bob, uh,
2: Bob <laughs> tells me that he got either Haglerhuns or, or um, uh, I think it was Haglerhuns. He flew them to the same airport. They sat in an airport lounge. They got the fight done in two hours. You get the teams there, sit around and do it. It's the only uh, way to do it, old well, school. Well, well, when you learn at the moment, I know we're digressing slightly, We will get back to you, but when you learn that there haven't even been offers yet from Skills Entertainment or Skills Challenge yeah. to Fury to um, Joshua, that there aren't even any concrete offers. You'd have thought, for the last six months, we've been talking about these fights are about to
5: happen in November and December, they're nowhere near making them. The Mm. problem is the media outlets just want to get views and figures on the screen. So it's just clickbait. That's it. And everyone's everyone's falling for it. People are just talking for the sake of talking. Yeah, just to
4: get a few views. in, In reality, when you come away from the heavyweight division, you just park that to one side, and you actually look down the other divisions... I mean, we're Things in a, are happening We're yeah. in a really Healthy position mm-hmm. We've just been speaking About Inoue Fulton That's going to happen In the same week That Spence and Crawford yeah, was, yeah, Is going to happen yeah, yeah. That's a phenomenal week Let, let, let me tell you about,
2: What about the year Better be Evan Yard um, We're getting Spence And Crawford we had um, Garcia and Davis. Yeah. We had um, Lomachenko and Haney. We've just had Tio Lopez and Josh Taylor. Mm. We've got it's in a good um, position. Better be yeah. Evan Smith coming up. We've got
4: If, if Sonny if and Bam can get it together. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And then you get the heavyweight fights um, through the autumn. Um, you know, U6 defending the three belts against Dubois. I think there's a couple more there as well. That's not a bad year. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not true. a bad year at it's all. true.
5: When you look at it in that way and you line it up like that, you're you're, you're dead right. It's because we we always look to the heavyweights. Yeah, and of course, we need the heavyweights. The sports, to... So they have to do it. So
4: there you go. That was Charlie Edwards in studio with me and Gareth on Saturday night. We then decided, I tell you what, let's chat to his brother, shall we? Because last weekend, Sonny Edwards was absolutely tremendous. And we're hoping... That he will get a unified title opportunity very very shortly. So here he is, short time himself, Sonny Edwards, joining us on the phone.
6: Thanks for the introduction.
4: Always good to have you on, mate. Listen, we had your uh, we had your brother in the uh, studio only uh, about what, half an hour ago, and what, and what have you? Um, and uh, he was in good spirits, talking about obviously. Uh, you and uh, and your achievements, referring to you as the best pound-for-pound fighter in Great Britain. Listen, I know he's your brother, but we kind of adhered with it, and there's quite a few other people that are coming around to that way of, uh, of thinking uh, now, mate. Last weekend's performance, obviously, standard Sonny Edwards performance. Surely now that sets up this fight with Bam Rodriguez. I know that he's got a bit of a situation at the moment. I think he's got to get cleared by his local commission, hasn't he, off the back of his injury from last time out when he had his broken jaw. But can you see anything getting in the way of that unification fight?
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully he's not still eating out of a straw. That would make the chance of us fighting anytime soon uh, much more realistic. Um, hopefully his weight's not too much of an issue. I heard he's quite heavy as well. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel confident. I feel quietly confident. But obviously, I won't hold my breath. Um, I also want my own path uh, and my own timeline to be adhered to. And if that doesn't include Bam, then it doesn't include Bam. Um, my uh, stance has always been the same. I'm ready for the biggest fights and I'm ready for them now. I'm not ready to wait any longer.
4: What is that timeline, mate, when you're looking to get out?
6: Um, Well, definitely one more fight before the end of the year. I mean, depending on how big the next one is, um, probably really realistically only going to get out one more time this year. But um, who knows? Stranger things have happened, maybe twice. But um, yeah, I really just want to sort of have a good idea within the next seven days of what I'm doing or where we're going. Because, you know, a lot of these fights, they shouldn't take months and months and months of negotiating. We're all in house. They should be one phone call each side, fight done, there's the date. So that's kind of what it is on my side. I don't know what the hold up is.
2: Are you are you suggesting that when you've dm daddy hearn or spoken to him obviously he's your promoter he's got his now. number
4: he doesn't need to dm him he's got
2: his yeah number. exactly well you speak to him, you speak <laughs> to
1: him. <laughs> exactly
2: when you speak to him that you seem to be indicating that 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 notion of 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 bam bam rodriguez right now is not a fight that's moving towards you sound a little bit cynical about whether that fight can be made Sonny? um i
6: wouldn't say cynical but until it's done for yeah. me i've i've heard uh you know, it's likely. I've heard that it's close. I've heard that a couple yeah. of times about a couple of fights that have never came to be. So um, maybe I'm just not the most optimistic when I hear, um, you know, fight plans because they can often change in one mm-hmm. conversation in boxing. Um, I feel like uh, Bam and Robert Garcia are getting backed into a corner a little bit and bullied into a fight they don't 100% want. Um, I feel like they've sort of talked themselves into a position that now if they do anything else other than fight me um there will be you know some raised questions and turned heads um at the choice of that why that is um but i do feel like uh you know are you saying they
2: want to avoid you then do you think they are they are worried about facing you
6: I feel like if they weren't, when they uh, made the statement about we're moving down weight to flyweight Mm. Mm. um, and we're going to box Sonny Edwards in the UK for his IBF title, they would have done it if they were so confident. Why did he need, you know, a tester at flyweight first? Like if if he was as confident as he was when he went up two weights to fight a killer at Mm. super flyweight, why did he not show that same level of confidence and ambition um, at flyweight, why did he hesitate and go and fight for a vacant title? And I'm not really trying to hear that it makes the fight bigger because I don't think the fight with me and him is any bigger than he got a a, a win of a vacant title um, against a kid that nobody heard of and probably will hear of again.
2: You, you you, were very strident at the press conference after beating Andres Campos with Eddie Hearn that you want a fire lit under you, you want the biggest fight, so if you can't get this one against Rodriguez who else is there in the frame that you know is is viable, that will light the fire for you?
6: I don't know to be honest because mm. they've not really been there before this I mean they're there, we know who they are but that doesn't mean they're close to having a fight with me. I mean, I know that my side of things for all of these fights has been agreed, passed off, approved by the promoter, by the broadcaster, and we're all in the same, you know, we're all under the same roof. So why are they not coming to a term that they can agree with, you know? like mm. Why Why do all these fighters seem to want a ridiculous amount of money to fight uh, uh, a flyweight that's, you know, got the the lowest, knockout percentage in probably the world history of boxing <laughs> like why, why do they need so much money i don't know i really don't i'm lost i'm, I'm, I'm at a loss why they all need so much money and eddie would say it straight in the interviews he's getting i'm seeing them i'm listening to him he's saying sonny's done his side is done but these other fighters they're still asking for too much money like what is that number tell us that it. tell us what they're asking for because i would love to know
4: the thing is what you've done over the last couple of months in signing with Eddie and Room is that you've put it on their toes because there's a lot of fans out there, whether it be stateside or UK, could always say, well, there's promotional difficulties, there's broadcast difficulties. Now you've brought it all in-house. You've basically come to their backyard and said, right, OK, I'm here, I'm in, and it's done. And your promoter now in Eddie Hearn is he's obviously on that same page and making those same noises that you're making. There is literally no excuse for the Ben Rodriguez yeah, not fight, only, not to Not
6: only that, I came in and said to Eddie, "Don't matter what one of these names that you want to throw at me first. Let's just let's just class them as you know, A-level fighter. They all mean the same to me. All of them names. Like, I don't need to sit there and negotiate on a him, him, where, where. I said I'll fight them anytime, any place, anywhere, anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. Let's go. So I'm the easiest fighter in world boxing to make a fight with. So I'm going to be the favorite in the house because the fights on my side are already done. like home or away, wherever the fight is biggest. I'm I'm a prize fighter. I'm an entertainer. I go where where the show is, where the circus goes. So I'm here ready. I don't know why the other fighters are having such a hard time agreeing to fight with me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, what they're so scared of.
4: Well, you know what they're scared of, mate. The, the, every bull is scared of a matador at some point, aren't they? That's what do you what mean?
6: it Campos won a few rounds against me the other day, weren't you? Let you let him what? win Get them, out. apparently. We saw what you were doing. It was a close fight, Adam.
4: Listen, right. I know that you've gone t- full sick on that, mate. Round. Stop it now. Stop it, right?
6: Don't... What it was a fight. Listen, you're
4: luring people in. I know exactly what you were doing last weekend. Anybody knows that, that's been watching you and knows anything half... About this game, they know exactly
2: what I they're doing last weekend.
6: Just about got through the twelve rounds. Josh, 11.
2: Stop it. No. But Be- before we lose you tonight, we obviously we, we had a fantastic time with Charlie. As yes. you all know, he's in a, he's in a phenomenal frame of mind. He's he's delighted to get back. He's going to launch an assault on a world bantamweight title now. Reckons he's two fights away from doing that. He told us tonight. I don't know if you were listening earlier that he's taught you everything you know. He was doing it tongue in cheek. Yeah, no, he, he was st- he, he used to stop He used to school you when that. you sparred he never and said that he's that. taught you everything you why know why are Is causing that... trouble between brothers i'm not i'm not hey listen edwards versus edwards was on the cards no, a few weeks happened, ago Sonny.
4: stop it now come on Sonny. <laughs> <laughs>
6: um do you know what he's not far wrong he probably did teach me everything oh, I know in, the boxing ring. Yeah. in 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 all honesty the lens that um the lens that i got watching his You know, amateur career unfold, Mm. watching his professional career unfold. Always having a very high benchmark in front of me. You know, 11 years old, I'm having my first fight. Mm. My brother's winning the European gold medal as a schoolboy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I had very early success. The benchmark was always very high. He was one of the youngest fighters ever on GB. He was on there at age 15. I've, I've always had my brother on a pedestal, so... You know, just the fact now that I'm the best brother you know what I mean it's, it's, <laughs> it's, lovely it's my greatest anyway. accomplishment it really really is um, he, he seems to be in a
4: better place obviously, a We obviously been around him earlier on he seems to be in a much better place yeah. and, and it just needs and I'm sure you can vouch for this as well it just needs that promoter and that platform to give him that opportunity to go and showcase his talents once again
6: yeah of course I mean he just needs a bit of momentum I mean he had his own you know reasons as to why he was out the, the ring for a while he was you know starting a family etc cetera, etc cetera. um but now all he needs is the momentum to remind uh himself as well as you know everyone that then the level of fighter he's at i mean the only two fighters he's relatively looked human compared to who he's fighting was against casemiro and martinez two very very oh, good he's... fighters i mean everyone else he's beaten very very clearly i mean But with boxing, you only have one, two fights on a small stage over the last three, four years. It's very easy to be forgotten about. So he needs to make some noise. He needs to keep fighting and he needs to be an opportunist until he gets the leverage again. I think that's just professional boxing. Mm. I think he works hard enough and works harder than probably any active pro over the last four years. that I know he's, he's, he's a consummate professional even when he's out of camp, I feel like he needs it in his life. Um, the healthy, eating, the the living right, the training, pretty much every single day of the week. Um, so we'll never be far off. I feel like his last fight was good for him to get his confidence, and I just want to see him in a proper in a proper fight. You know, one that can get uh, built up. And um, you know, I know he can also make super flyweight still. If me and Bam get over the line, why don't I bring my brother over and he can fight the other one? What's his name? Franco. Ah, Josh Franco.
4: <laughs> look at you, you Edwards Brothers tag teaming everybody over the I, like
6: I reckon we 2-0, I can't lie. I reckon we go over there and do the double on him.
4: Now, there's a suggestion. There's a
6: suggestion. I really do. And there's a couple of other brothers we can he- like head hunt for as well. A
4: few. <laughs>
2: Could you get up oh, to Charlie Malone? Could you get up to the, the Charlie brothers? The brothers,
6: <laughs> the Yaffa brothers. Oh, now, now got- we're talking. Look at this, now. The now final bosses will be the Inoue brothers, but I'm not too. I'm not too. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd have to take. I think I'd have to take Naya. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, the that.
4: final bosses. He's gone full video game on us. Listen, mate. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, pal. I really hope that. Uh, Eddie Hearn, obviously, working on your behalf can get this over the line for you because absolutely. this is the moment now. We want to see that fight. there. I think it's one of the biggest fights outside of the heavyweights. Without any shadow of a doubt, you versus Bam Rodriguez would be absolutely sensational. And even if they do have to do it in the States, I think quite a few fans would want to travel to watch that, mate. So best of luck in hopefully getting it over the line in the not-too-distant future, mate.
6: No, no, I appreciate it. If not, there's no more excuses. I'm not trying to hear anymore.
0: Here's a cool fact. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
4: On the same bill last weekend, Ellie Scottney became IBF Super Bantamweight World Champion. So we thought, i would take it. Get on the front and see if she'll come in and have a little bit of the wipe with us. She came in and her manager, former fighter, former footballer, Leon McKenzie, also joined us in the studio. But we'll start with a conversation with Ellie. Thank you for
3: having
4: me on. Has Has it got tiresome yet with people referring to you as the IBF super bantamweight champion every time they speak to you?
3: Oh, and it'll never will you know as soon as i wake up i wait for my mum to call me at first before i leave the bed
4: <laughs> <laughs> got to do it got to do it and you've called it one of your bad
2: performances
3: yeah to be honest like i watched it back and it was better watching it back but i know when i weigh it up to how good i can be it, it was it wasn't one of my best performances no but i got the job done
4: the um we were just discussing off air it's very rare sometimes in female fighting that being able to do a bit of a traditional route because yeah. belts are a little bit sparse in mm. certain divisions. Talent mm. pools don't necessarily allow for certain things to happen. But to have those steps that you did have, still only young in, in, a, in a professional career of seven fights, to be able to go European level, crack that, yeah. and then step straight into world title honours.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive boxing fan, so to do it the right way was always something I held, held on to, really. Like, I fought two former world champions at uh, Beat the European champion and then went on to you know win a title of someone that was a, a reigning champion so I feel like I am it.
4: Your, your professional tenure as well right it's a little bit mad let's be straight <laughs> because obviously you're 25 years of age yeah right okay now you've been pro for a short period of time but when you turned up when you signed your deal and you said right Eddie Earn Matchroom you're my guys you're going to be guiding the career we're all excited we're thinking right Ellie Scott is here now you know what I mean ABA champion all this type of stuff right let's yep. see what she's all about Covid then comes along, right? (laughs) And then says, hang on, you're going to have to wait about nine months, kid, right? That must have been a frustrating period because you've made the choice. I'm stepping Mm -hmm. out of amateurs now, I'm going. And then this thing comes along, which kind of puts everything on hold. Mentally, that's quite a difficult thing to get, especially being a young person, full of it, ready to rock and roll and light the world up.
3: Yeah, you know, it was humbling, but like, we was all living in it. It It was a pandemic, so... You know, it meant, you know, working in B&Q, but with that, it, it made me that like, little bit hungrier, you know, and I, I appreciate everything that's come with it. Even the setbacks, it, it has been a blessing in disguise.
4: You heard what she said there, working in B&Q, whilst obviously starting a professional tenure. We're going to talk about B&Q in a minute, right? Because I also want to just talk about the mental fortitude of that moment, dealing with that moment, having to deal with a, a real-life situation, working properly whilst yeah. trying to become a professional fighter going through the professional fighting ranks, earning the right opportunity. Then the opportunity comes along. You were signed, obviously, for an original card, which was taking place in Ireland. Everybody knows the story as to why that didn't happen for you. That must have been incredibly difficult mentally to deal with, thinking, is my fight going to be rebooked? Am I getting my world title? To deal with that at such a young age takes a lot of mental fortitude.
3: Yeah it, it was a tough one you know because I was training for you know the biggest fight of my life and everyone was asking me about the buzz but at the back of my head I, I wasn't sure it was going to happen and mm. it was going on for two weeks so I couldn't get excited I couldn't turn around and say how oh, I'm fighting for a world title because it just didn't you know my gut feeling it never really seems to lie so it was it was hard to deal with but I'm a big believer in faith and you know God's timing and it it worked out perfect for me so it, it was growing it grew me as a character and I just felt like it, it wasn't the right time and you know june the 10th was and i come out as world champion. Well,
4: listen, then crystal palace fans could come out to london then. You see, that's what it was that's that's kind of the, the,
2: the universal line
4: that's what it must have been yeah yeah and talking of crystal palace fans Liam mckenzie
2: 85 caps is here with you tonight as well he's <laughs> Big not in the Liam. studio maybe yeah. we will get him in, in in the second segment um talk to us about your relationship with him as well how he's got involved with you
3: do you know what he's he's really been a, a blessing i i I was fighting, you know, I was fighting for European titles and I was heading into a world title and I, I never had a sponsor. I never had a sponsor behind me. So he kind of saw it. I made a joke after I bought to European and said, you know, hopefully I'll get a sponsor out of this. And he was one of the people that pops up and said, Ellie, like, I want to help you. And he has done just that. And he's been a big, big part of my team. And I'm very grateful to have him.
4: And this is, this is why, right, I love speaking about these types of things. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody sees the glitz and glamour of yeah, yeah, sports, yeah, right? Yeah. And they go world champion, you must be a multi-millionaire. You <laughs> mm. must be driving around in a Ferrari and all this.
3: Listen, I've still got an Oyster card. Listen,
4: it's, <laughs> don't, don't we all, mate, right? It is, it is a very, very small percentage of active fighters right now that are living that type mm-hmm. of lifestyle. Let's let's draw this, as, as strip, strip it, it all the way back as much as we can, right? Because you've just mentioned, like, B&Q there. And that was you, that a proper job. Well, many people listen yeah. to this. You had a proper job yeah. doing that. And then, of course attempting to train full-time and attempt to then take on some of the best fighters in your weight division. That is a very complex thing to navigate, but it's a very real story for quite a lot of fighters out there.
3: Oh, yeah, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones to sit here, you know. There's people that do longer than the nine to five. They've got children, they've got family to feed, and they're waiting for a fight that they've got to sell tickets, and they depend on that. Sometimes they walk away with nothing. So Mm. I'm a lucky person sitting here. So they're the people I I really feel for, so... You know, full respect to them, but yeah, it's just the game we're in.
2: How did you, you know, for those listening tonight who haven't heard you before, you know you've been in on TalkSport 2 with our colleague Adi Oladipo you know, this is the big show the, the big fight night show on a Saturday night well, How begging did you? I'm not bigging myself up, <laughs> I'm bigging the show up you. Right. You know, it's, He's on uh, commission uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, we were all there last night at the uh, at the York Hall you yeah. were there as well um, How did you get into boxing? I mean, it's a phenomenal time for women's boxing I right now. Me. It's growing exponentially it's mushrooming there's a big group of women who are coming through um how did you get into the sport how, how is it in the family yeah. where did it come from
3: yeah you know I, I say this story and it's the truth I was a nine-year-old and a little fat kid and I just wanted to be like my brother so he used to go to the boxing gym and I remember he used to, uh, the first gym I went to was the Ling Ling Boxing Club oh, so wicked. Right. yeah yeah old school so you know, I begged him to take me because he used to come over Mars Bar and a Ribena. That was a real reason. This is in South London. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, really? is- hang on. Say that again. <laughs> he used to come over Mars Bar and a so that's what got me in the gym, and really? that's probably ah, what happened. Ah, really? yeah. That was his
4: treat after the gym. That was, was his it?
3: treat. That was the nutrition we lived by. So okay. it was my cousin Jim who who gave in and took me down the line as you know that nine year old, but female boxing wasn't what it is now, so it only lasted a year, and then I went back when I was 17. How did how you have did it, to
2: pretend you were a boy like some of the I other did, women? I didn't
3: really get away with that, to be no. honest. I had a, you know, a little sausage plait. So. Right,
2: like Katie Taylor did, Chantelle Cameron has yeah. said that yeah. all a lot of women have said used to, we used to pretend that we were a boy, yeah. tie our hair back or whatever.
3: Uh, no, they used to hide me in the hot room because, not being a girl, but because I just wasn't old enough to be in there. Yeah. So But, you know, I walked in that gym and I was the same as the person that walked in behind me, and, and that was the real... Feeling that you know, I crave.
4: How, how many how many girls were in the gym at the time? That was just me. Okay, mm. so okay, so that's at yeah. like nine years of age. You said you lasted a year, yep, yep, right? When did you go back to it?
3: When I was 17. So, what happened in between yeah. then? I was very, very girly, very uh-huh, different yeah. to what I am yeah. now. And my sporting, we do doing other sports. What? No, I, I wouldn't leave the house without my makeup, my hair done, so. okay. Yeah, it was very different to what I am. But um,
2: What a transformation, though. I mean, yeah.
5: what, what, what changed when you, yeah. that? When what, did you start
2: liking
4: punching people in the face?
3: Oh, yeah. I always did, you know. <laughs> 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 I grew up with five brothers and a sister, and yeah, I'm the baby. it was all I knew. But, um, so one of seven. Yeah, yeah. So what's the trans- The one that shouldn't have happened, though? was.
4: <laughs> really? Well,
3: really? <laughs> do as, we, as we were
4: just discussing there, what is that thing that switches then at 17 years of yeah. age where, you, where it takes you back in?
3: So I'll be honest, um, my coach passed away in the time period of when I stopped to when I went back. And I knew at the back of my head I'd go back and my mum would be at a family party and go, oh, you could have been a boxer. I'd be like, mum, shut up. You know, she'd have, like, one JD and she'll be off on one. But it, I don't know, I just knew at the back of my head I was 75 kilo. I'd just finished school, and uh, I said, I'm going to the boxing gym. And everyone's like, oh, here she goes. And... Sorry. 75 kilos 75 right and kilograms. what are you now a box of 55 so
2: you've lost 20 kilos yeah i
3: lost 15 and kilos at, 16.
2: And the, what, no, at 17. 16, 16, 17. Uh, in
3: the six weeks holidays i lost 15 kilos so
2: three stone heavier pretty much yeah yeah Almost i was a little cannonball
3: <laughs> were you really <laughs> yeah i just used to throw like loads of big shots i used to be able to punch then
4: <laughs> still can
3: mate still can. so, so yeah, in what a th-
4: transformation though
3: yeah it's crazy but then
4: there's obviously there's that from mm-hmm. did you did you just go back from a, a point of I want to get fit I want to get healthy no,
3: I wanted to fight I okay. watched I remember watching Mick Conlon in the Commonwealth Games against Ashvac and I remember look I was getting ready Scotland just,
2: that was uh, Edinburgh um, yeah, Glasgow wasn't it? Glasgow yeah. yeah and
3: I just sort of corner my eye and I was like whoa and it, something glued me to it and I it just something kind of clicked and yeah that that was the setting stone and yeah I never looked back so what's the, no, hang what on right
4: it? I'm looking at the dates here then so what is the period of time from that from becoming ABA champion in 2017
3: uh, so I've won the youths the first year I yeah. went in them, the mm. youths. So I had my first fight when I was 17, week after my birthday, and then I won the ABAs, the youths, straight away. So, yeah, and then Brilliant. it just kind of, yeah. All right. All yeah right.
2: so, so it was a calling, <laughs> suddenly a calling yeah,
3: that, that, I can't that drew tell you, you what. to it,
2: and you, yeah. you there was no looking back.
3: Honest, when I mean I've been religiously in the boxing gym since I was yeah. 17, and I don't have a life. I'll be brutally honest, but yeah. I love my life. So something clicked and I made up for all that last time I guess
2: so so, but, but like you say like you were girly between for those seven <laughs> years between 10 and 17 yeah th- something must have changed it, in, in it but not just watching the Commonwealth Games in 2018 yeah, was it 2018 no no, two, no 2014, 2014 yep. but you can't just have watched that and your life changed
3: I, I honestly does Mick
2: Conlon know this uh,
3: no he doesn't not told he'll him? probably give him a, a bigger head than he's got but uh, yeah I'm a great I'm a big fan of Mick I was lucky to train alongside him, so yeah, that that was kind of what my, made my brain tick, I guess.
4: Hey, it's fine night on Talksport. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth Davies, uh, alongside me as always, Ellie Scottney. Uh, IBF super Weight champion is in the studio. Elliot, I'd just like to apologise for my colleague's dancing. Whenever we play a little bit of uh, "Gat De and "Passion," and various other Muscle dance memory. tracks from the uh, from the nineteen nineties, yeah. he, he <laughs> pretends that he's eighteen years of age again. All right, um, and he goes off on he's one. Got it. No, more <laughs> like thirty. So I'm, just I'm, keep you're making him. me very young there. Yeah. <laughs> just keep an eye on him. Um, we always. I I don't know about you, Gareth. I know that you've spoken about this in the past, but I I always get fascinated with the connection of, of fighters and faith, mm-hmm. and and we we speak extensively to many fighters who have a, a deep faith whether it be one religion or another religion and i know that you're uh, a person that has deep as deep faith as well tell me how the two intertwine if they do at all they might not intertwine but do they
3: yeah you know i think everyone that's a believer it's, it's a conscience you walk with every day of every life and it helps me with my boxing definitely because it's a you have a greater uh, faith you know and uh, confidence in in the plan and everything's already written so for me to to box, knowing that I've been blessed with you know a gift, and if I can do that and spread the word doing so then yeah i'm um, i'm blessed
2: is it sorry man. no i mean I'd, it, like you say there's there's a I find it it, fascinating. It, there's a spiritual element to mm. fighting i think yeah, you know sure. i mean i always talk about um having the respect for fighters and an empathy for fighters that the spirit is laid bare when when you guys fight when sometimes one of the most difficult things in boxing is being close to a fighter for many years and they suffer that first loss or you feel you feel their pain, you, yeah. you feel them broken. And it is a it's a growing process, isn't it? And I, I also wonder whether because it's inherently dangerous we we need faith in the sport as well.
3: Yeah, you know, like when you're in a moment we, we all say a prayer whether we believe it or not, you do it. You have a chat with yourself at some point. So mm. to go into a, a battle where it's just me and my opponent, but I know, you know, I'm walking and uh, I'm doing my work through Jesus is it's a powerful thing.
4: Is that a thing that is a family thing? Or no. is it individual to you?
3: No, I, I was never brought in a religious family, you know. Okay. On a Sunday, it wasn't, you know, let's go church. Church it time, was, right, okay. They, they want to lay in, so it was my... <laughs> it was <laughs> my... They're on the Mars bars on the right, isn't <laughs> <Venus, mate>. it? <laughs> there you go, heavy Saturday night. Um, my, it was sadly, my, my auntie, um, she had leukemia and okay. she was stage four and she was the only one in my family that was religious and at that moment she said to me, like, I want to get baptised, would you, would you do it for me, so that that touched me and it was one of the you know best days of my life doing that so it was in a moment like that that i really grew closer to god and i thank her for that every day
2: did was she was she helped through it as well
3: it, it made her you know everyone the fear of dying is a, is a scary thing but knowing you're going to another place after this it definitely it gave her that inner strength she needed at the time so yeah it was a beautiful beautiful day for. and, us and is
2: your religion is it is it involve church or is yeah. it just internal oh you do yeah you like I, I go to church going? yeah, yeah. I,
3: I go by myself i take my niece sometimes when she she don't you know get too bored so do you see yeah, sing? yeah i'm gonna say you in the choir, man. Okay, come on i'm Are not you gonna, gonna give you a song <laughs>
2: don't tell us you're tone deaf
3: <laughs> i am not oh, as bad no. as you're
2: dancing
3: <laughs> we have to set something up here yeah, but uh i like to i like to sing un- under my breath sometimes
4: Mime along. You just mime, mime, mime along with him uh, Mime uh, a little bit. <laughs> and one of you. Listen, I, I do find it interesting when I speak yeah, to fighters fascinating. about the way that they intertwine faith and it, and mm-hmm. it just keeps them on that path of, mm. of, like you just said, it seems to always be written and just trusting that process yeah. of you but, being but, able but to do the if work. If I
2: could just add it and ask
4: it to you. You know, we, we
2: always talk about, I mean, obviously you have the physical gifts to fight and the and the desire to fight and the will and all those things and the will to survive because you know it because you train through it and yeah. spar, But mental belief oh. it help must help the mental strength that you need as well
3: definitely with the setbacks like I say the mm. delay and stuff like that but I can handle my heart say everything that went wrong for me it always worked out right and I've had proof and I always ask for you know signs and stuff like that and at the right time when I needed it I always get it so but that for me is it's massive and I always feel like I've got that 1% more
4: right switching to gyms uh, yes. uh, late 2021 yep. uh, you uh, chose the McGuigan gym right yes Um got some decent fighters in there for you to work alongside um i'll talk about caroline in a minute because she was fighting yes. last night but let's talk about chris oh. smith because you guys have been on a similar journey at a very similar time obviously he was working towards world title you had the dream as well and working along how did those training camps intertwine and how how much did it help
3: I'm smiling now, just thinking about it. He, he's a special character, Chris, and I think everyone that meets him, you know, like his nickname. Says. He's a gentleman, isn't he? He's a yeah. gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the ring, we'll say that. But <laughs> it was very lucky for me to be, you know, in the gym I am, at being around those people. And Chris played a massive part in my camp. And I've seen him go through stuff in camp. Like you say, it was, it was aware that he, you know, he picked up the illness in fight week. And I see stuff go wrong, but how he handles it, it, it gave me, you know, I have confidence if something goes wrong in mine because I've seen how he's, you know, handled that. So... He, he was a big part. You know, we made circuits, world champ circuits, and we grinded it. We'd talk after our sparring. We, we made a promise, and we both delivered two weeks apart, and it was it was a special moment for the gym and for myself.
4: He does, he achieves.
3: Yes, he does. Pressure
4: on you now, mate.
3: Oh, for sure. Like I said, he was going in <laughs> as a big underdog, wasn't he? I think yeah, he yeah. was three to one. Yeah, yeah. I won a bit of money on him. <laughs> it <laughs> and, was a uh,
4: balmy night
2: in Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was, was a, one of the oddest saints. world title fights I think we yeah. will ever witness. Oh, but he
4: but he
3: wins, but and he my wins. point is
4: is that then... When it's your turn, there's
2: pressure well, on you now.
3: For sure, you know, I was going in as, as a favourite and it was, you know, Ellie, you're you, you ticked for this. So it was definitely a different feeling and seeing him do it, it was like, oh, it's my turn now. But, you know, it, it paid off and we both...
4: I've just, got, I've just got one more on Jim, uh, members. Yes. How good is Caroline?
3: Oh, she's a superstar. I said it, I say it, I think everyone says it, but she is the goods and you lot will soon see. I think she, yeah, she's the next one up. Well, Liam
2: McKenzie, obviously one of the great footballers and boxers has joined (laughs) us in the ring as well, as you say, kind of part of the faith system, if you like, of yes. your camp now. Mm. T- talk to us about this world champion, this woman, who's very inspiring. The listeners tonight will want to know a lot more about her.
1: Exactly, that girl. You've done
2: both sports, um, yeah. and you, you you had to test yourself as a fighter as well as a footballer, didn't sure. you? Yeah, you yeah. came to it late, Southpaw, the legacy, the <laughs> secret, all these things. Yeah, your, your ring little journey. Yeah. You know? T- mm, t- I mean, you've bike. been there, you know. I mean... How nice it been to help Ellie come through.
1: Well, I definitely haven't been at world title level, but um, you know, I think the connection that Ellie mentioned earlier about, you know, she she tweeted something on 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 Twitter, and it was saying about, you know, obviously she's European champion and she never had a sponsor, and I, that just that was just like that stood out for me, and we we have the same things in in, in especially in boxing where I just don't feel like there's enough help mm. within. This whole situation because mm-hmm. it's not it's not just ellie it's a, a right across the border and um that stuck out for me so i thought first of all she's like definitely in the in the wrong sport because i felt she was a bit of a comedian in the first place <laughs> so, <laughs> so that kind of gravity that's come across that gravitated <laughs> yeah. me towards her but honestly like you say we, we we speak about spirit i'm not a religious person but i have god in my heart and god has always been with me in the two journeys that i've had within 18 years in football and then going into a decent level in, yeah. in professional boxing yeah. at a very late age so it's all about a spiritual connection um and as you can see for yourselves um she's a very humble person quite shy um but extremely talented in terms of her boxing iq you haven't really even seen her at the levels that i know that she's way way capable of and i, I, I truly believe in her so there wasn't it, this this situation where we've sort of connected wasn't i've kind of been there and done that mm-hmm. and i've got a lot of experience in just trying to help people and push them to be the best that guidance, they, guidance. that they can be guidance yeah, okay. yeah, guidance right. and, and experiences um that i've been through and i've had many agents and i have many managers and i've done, dealt with many contracts and so forth so with Eddie just kind of getting a little bit of help around the management outside of the ring. Yeah. So you, do
0: you
2: hardball with Eddie for her? Eddie I,
1: I, I will be um, definitely speaking to, to Eddie at some point. Yeah. But he knows he knows what I'm about. If you yeah. ask Eddie um, yeah. what what's Leo McKenzie about, straight away he was probably the first person that tweeted me to said, you know what? Well, you know, fair play to you. Do you know what I mean? Um, he knows what I'm about in terms of, of the person I am and my character. So he knows that there's good there's a good person behind Ellie mm-hmm. so there's a respectful thing there it's very mutual he's a businessman in terms of what he does and my best interest is is Ellie and just making sure she gets the best position to set up for her life properly um, and Do I you see, drag
2: him in the ring for a little bit of sparring a little s- south pole? no
3: <laughs> I don't no. want to sell for work yet. No, it's a secret. <laughs> You're going to get
2: an opportunity at some nah, point then. Nah,
3: no, she's doing catch still. He maybe, does. W- maybe when
1: she was back in the, you know, she was eating more. 75K. <laughs> I would have to
3: do a sweat out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> on, a, on a serious note now, yep. world champion, all right? So there's not going backwards from here. No. So there's going to there's be questions as to whether we could go up in weight, whether we could go down in all these types of questions. But your eyes have lit up every time i've mentioned unifications all right so talk me through it we know who the champions are. all those belts are there one of the champions was actually out last week as well and yep, another technical draw with a with cut in the fight where do you want to go
3: so you know i've got two fights this year and by december I, I want to be a unified champion so whatever champion that is whatever they bring to the table you know on christmas i want to be sitting at the top of that table with my family so that will mean a unification fight <laughs>
4: She, 100%, is going to be a superstar. Fantastic to have her and Charlie Edwards in the studio at the weekend and, obviously, Sonny Edwards on the phone. We also spoke about all the big things that are going on uh, in the game at the moment. And one of the breaking news stories that hit us on Saturday night was the rumour that we are on the verge of booking Connor Ben, Chris Eubank Jr., September 23rd in Abu Dhabi. Hmm. Me and Gareth... Responded to that news A little bit of breaking news uh, That has broke over the last couple of hours And when I say breaking news It's not really news It's just noise And I just wanted to flag it up Because I know that a lot of people That tune into our show um, Are keen to know developments uh, On all things Conor Ben. Now tonight Regis Progre Is fighting and defending his WBC world title It's in New Orleans And he's recently signed with Matchroom Sports uh, and Eddie Hearn and obviously Eddie Hearn's out there in New Orleans and he's given a couple of interviews uh, to uh, the guys and girls that are on the ground covering covering the game uh, and he's given an interview uh, basically stating uh, that uh, we are on the verge that's right, that's the words that I'm going to use it's not signed, sealed and delivered but we are on the verge of Chris Eubank Jr versus Connor Ben. they're the reports uh, coming off an interview that Eddie Hearn has just given in the last couple of hours and um, We're on the verge of that being agreed for September the 23rd in Abu Dhabi, uh, UAE. Uh, It is claimed the fight could take place in the UK if Conor Ben makes progress with his UK anti-doping case. I'm sure you know that I've got plenty of thoughts on this. I'll give them you in a minute. But first, what's your take? Was being on the verge of Chris Eubank Junior. versus Conor Ben for September twenty third in Abu Dhabi. Well, it's a much bigger fight now that it was lost October
2: the eighth. Um, it's bigger because it's made world news over those two positive tests for clomiphene that that Conor Ben returned in the build up to that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it heralds the climax of the investigation and the hearing, uh, which is like a court case, really. Um, we need a resolution on that. They're obviously keeping their options open if there is a decision made on Conor Ben that he can fight in the UK or the suspension is backdated, which I doubt very much because he only took it to UCAD in March. And I understand from mid-March is when they'll make their ruling. Hopefully for him, and I do hope for his sake, that they have looked at that, whatever that 270-page document held that he presented first to the World Boxing Council. Um, I do think they'll just go ahead and have it in Abu Dhabi on September the 23rd if uh, UCAD don't want to uh, or can't come to a resolution straight away or he doesn't get cleared, Ben, that is. Um, But ultimately, it's a huge money-spending fight and this is about getting Conor Banner back uh, in the fight we all want to see him in, you know, it's the third fight between the families. Mm-hmm. Two great fights between their fathers. And, you know, this is this is boxing doing what boxing does and and people utilising loopholes and all those kind of things. I will be at the fight. I think Talk
4: Sport will be at the fight. It won't happen. It won't happen. And the reason why it won't happen is this, right? So, you so don't the, think the fight will happen? It can't right. happen. Because Chris Eubank Jr. is a British boxing border control license holder. Eddie Hearn is a British Boxing Board of Control licensed as a promoter. And therefore, there are rules and regulations that they have agreed to and signed up to that they have to apply to the British Boxing Board of Control in order to take part in this fight where there is a fighter in Conor Ben that is under a provisional suspension with UK anti-doping. And Robert Smith has been quite adamant. He's been quite open and honest on, on our station. And he said, listen, that fight is prohibited in the UK right now. It is. Um, Conor Ben is prohibited to partake in fights on British soil right now. And anybody wanting to partake in a fight with him, anywhere else in the world, has to apply to us. And we are not going to grant that. Yeah,
2: but... But there's still a loophole around it. Chris Eubank Jr., if he fights Conor Ben doesn't need to fight again. So he can still go... No, they cannot stop a boxer going ahead. I don't agree with it, by the way. Of course, I completely agree with you and I I agree with the board. They will not be allowed if if... Eubank agrees to go ahead as he did Mm -hmm. when he knew about Ben's positive test for clomiphene Mm -hmm. I believe in legal terms they will claim restraint of trade and they'll still go ahead with the fight. The the irony in all of this Doesn't make it right. No, 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 it's not right. It's not right. None of this is right. No, none of it's right. But what, this is again, it's boxing stretching the rules and blue in the face having said this 150 times since last October, we need safety procedures in this inherently dangerous sport. And if someone tests positive for something, innocent or not, guilty or
4: not, you need the proper procedure. Is this a tactic by the promotional outfit putting this together in order to speed up the process with UK anti doping? Well, it might be, but they they won't. They won't speed up the process of what?
2: Strict liability. We've talked about this time and again. There is strict liability in the protocols of UK anti doping where they need verification on how that stuff got in his system. Now, he's questioned the veracity of the testing system, yep. the failings of the testing system. Mm-hmm. He's been given an out in a way, Conor Ben by what the World Boxing Council came up with, which is, could be a surfeit of eggs that he took. But he denied and that. that. Seemed, he said that, that but, was But he reason. denied it himself. Yeah, yeah, It's an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy. It's a farce
4: in so many ways, but... Why, are we, why, why is boxing, then, pursuing to try and book, make a fight for a fighter that is currently under a UK in provisional suspension? The big problem is for Eddie Hearn. He's the one who
2: could suffer in this, because... Chris Eubank Jr. could get licensed by Abu Dhabi. I was about to say the irony, of course, is that the Boxing Board of Control have helped to set up these commissions in the Middle East as well mm-hmm. and have had a real leading hand in it. What we need is a is a complete across-the-board agreement with all the commissions in the world that if someone is suspended pending a case, that they go along with that as well. It, it it's, it's what should happen, but I don't think it will. I don't know. You, you feel that Eddie Hearn is pushing UCAD's hand here to try and get an answer. Is that what you feel it is? That he's oh, putting it out there rather than they really are going ahead with a fight. Now, Eubank Jr. and Smith and Liam Smith are not going ahead with their fight. That's been postponed twice, remember? Yes, down yeah. to injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's happening there? That doesn't normally happen. And then it's disappeared. I think Eubank would rather fight Ben than he would
4: Smith. Yeah, because there's more money in that. A lot more money. I understand. I understand that. But listen, let's. I'm, I've been very vocal on the Conor Ben situation, yeah. right? And this is nothing personal on Conor Ben. Nope. What he's what he's done is, we are we are told that he has failed two Vada tests for clomiphene. Alright. Now they've undernared, they've gone back and forth, they've done interviews here, there and everywhere, they've been shouting the mouths off and saying this, that, and the other. The facts are he is provisionally suspended with UK anti-doping. I have no problem with this guy at any point in the future resuming his career. But first and foremost, let's have a conclusion to the UK anti-doping investigation. Once we have that, yep. listen, there's, there's some bright brains in there, no doubt about it, and they will go through the right processes, hopefully, and they will come to a conclusion. Whether he deserves a ban, whether he doesn't deserve a ban, whether strict liability comes into this or whether strict liability doesn't come into this. But let's have a conclusion before we put him back in a ring. It's very simple in my eyes. What's happening here... It's pretty disgusting that the promoter, who, let's be straight, this promoter, Eddie Hearn, I've got a lot of time for him. He's done some wonderful things for boxing. But his conduct during this whole process last year was absolutely abhorrent. He should have been dragged over the coals for the way that he behaved last year, trying to put this fight on when the British Boxing Board of Control told him that it was prohibited on the Wednesday morning. 24 hours, 36 hours later, he's still trying to put this fight on. Then comes to the conclusion that it's not going to go ahead last October. And now we're in a case where... His fighter, Conor Ben, listen, I want the lad to have a career. I want him to continue on. He's made it, whatever has happened, happened. But let's have a conclusion to this investigation before we're saying September 23rd, we're fighting in Abu Dhabi, regardless what. That's not on. It's not Mm. on at all. You can't just pick a fight up from here because it's prohibited here and stick it over here and, and think that it's acceptable. It's not acceptable at all.
2: I don't disagree with you in any way, shape, or form from everything you've just said in that soapbox rant which was perfect. I agree with every single word, but this is boxing. It's the Wild West at times. It's untamable, And they will stretch the imagination. They will stretch the rules as much as they can because at the end of the day, it's not about making money. It's about making money.
4: So there you have it. That's the Fight Night show here on Talksport. If you can't join us on Saturday night, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast so therefore you never miss out on any of our boxing content available across all platforms and the Talksport website. And also make sure you subscribe to the Talksport Boxing YouTube channel.
3: Catch you next time.